0: I thought we were on twenty last time.
1: No, we were on nineteen last time. Welcome so 20, to the Mitch and His Dad it's... Podcast. I'm Mitch, and with me, as always, is my dad. Episode twenty.
0: I thought okay,
1: big two o up in here.
0: Twenty twenty will work for me.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. You know
0: what today? You know what today is in history, don't you?
1: Um, I feel like it has something to do with Martin Luther King because I keep hearing about him.
0: Kurt Cobain.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Died today. Yeah, I read about that earlier, too. Should have recognized that.
0: I forgot to see it. said he was 27, but I forgot to remember the year it happened. Yeah, 1994. 98 or something? 94. 94. Yeah, I remember it well. I just saw Courtney Cox in a movie the other night. Courtney Cox or Courtney Love? Courtney Love, I'm sorry, Courtney Cox. Yeah. Courtney <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of interesting.
1: I'm trying to think. She's not been in a lot. She's been in, uh, she was in that People vs. Larry Flint movie.
0: She's, she was in this movie about the, uh, it had, uh, Kevin Bacon. And it was about a, uh, kidnap thing. Hmm. They kidnapped this little boy and, uh. And uh Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't I can't think of the name of it.
1: I, I don't remember her I mean I, I feel like she, she's only she was, been in like
0: she was in the movie. She was she was you know, she didn't have a huge part. I mean it was a key part, but she didn't have a lot of lines to speak.
1: Yeah, but yeah, she normally doesn't. She's
0: pretty good, in it with the big old blubber lips she's got. Yeah.
1: Oh wow, it looks like she's starting to do a lot more movies. Um See. You
0: see, you you get on that internet thing while you're on the sky. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: she was on Men on the Moon, uh, 200 Cigarettes, People vs. Larry Flint, Feeling Minnesota, Basquiat, I remember that. I've seen a lot of these. Sid and Nancy, is of course.
0: the one I just saw.
1: Trapped. Beat. Maybe that's... Julie Johnson. Trapped sounds...
0: Yeah, that's probably it. Trapped.
1: Probably is. Yeah, yeah. It was the perfect crime until she refused to be the perfect victim. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, she yeah, was that's...
1: she was second build. She was built above uh, Kevin Bacon. Now
0: she, so now she's she's a part of the Kevin Bacon trivia thing. Oh man, how crazy is that? The connections of Trev, of Kevin Bacon. Okay, then the next thing I want to ask you. Let me get my glasses on.
1: Did you notice anything yep. different? By the by, huh? So, did you notice anything different?
0: Oh yes! Oh my God!
1: Yeah, it was
0: much better.
1: Yeah, apparently so much that three minutes in you didn't notice. <laughs> oh, I was
0: too close. I didn't have my glasses on. Yeah. All for, right,
1: we talked for people about people at stuff. home. I shaved off the mohawk. That's what Dad is uh, commenting on.
0: We get rid of the beard and take all the metal off your face. You'll be ready for the movies.
1: Yeah, almost.
0: There you go, Colin Quinn.
1: Yeah, Colin Quinn. Yeah, yeah.
0: Here you are.
1: I know who Colin Quinn is, yeah.
0: got a full page in the arena section of the Wall Street Journal. Wow. He's talking about, it's like an interview thing. And uh, they asked him whether long, short story required a lot of research. That must be the name of a skit he did or something. Hmm. It says, his answer to the question is, most of it's human nature in Google. I wanted to explain how the Romans overdeveloped just like we overdeveloped. He's apparently taken uh, some lessons or suggestions from Jerry Seinfeld. Hmm. I don't get some of the stuff, though.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard this bit, or I don't know if it's a book or what.
0: Yeah, they asked him, how did Seinfeld help with the show he says he helped me physicalize stuff there's a joke in my act when i go don't let me forget my jacket about how you always got that one friend who orders you to do things jerry said i should start walking away and point to the jacket it made it 10 times funnier you see i don't get that i don't know i'm not i am not going to read it
1: I, well it's a show that he does apparently
0: yeah, I guess so. I don't
1: that's know. what I'm seeing here. I'm looking at the site. It's a, uh, it's a show. See, there
0: you go. You're off you, you get on the I'm Internet. I'm helping you look the thing up. You're an Internet
1: person. It's, I'm helping you look it up if you don't know what it is you're looking at. It's a one-man show that he does.
0: Okay. It's supposed
1: to be the History of the World in 75 Minutes, and it's directed by Seinfeld as well.
0: That, that That's what it is
1: and apparently Jerry Seinfeld, let me see what it says. Yeah, he says it says he directed it. I don't know how that works. I always wonder about that when people direct, you know, like stand-up specials or one-man show things. I'm like, how does how does one direct that? Exactly. But I guess in this case he just gave him advice.
0: It's been directed by Jerry Seinfeld. Premieres on HBO on April 9th. Ooh, that's good. What, Saturday? Uh yeah, that's- yeah, yeah, that's Saturday. Yeah, had a four month run on Broadway. Hmm. This guy looks old. He's been around a
1: while. Quinn. Yeah. I never heard of him. He had. Uh, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff on TV. He's been a host and stuff. You know.
0: He gets a He gets a full page in the Wall Street Journal. Now
1: That's... I have a new. Uh, now I have a new gold ad to my long list. You have a what? I have a new goal to add to my long list. Is uh, What is
0: that? Get to the Wall Street yeah, Journal? somehow
1: have, have you come across an article about me in the Wall Street Journal.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be definitely news. And I feel like if it happened, I wouldn't tell you. You look so much better without that thing on you. I mean, you I look, look, so you look, you know, you look more serious. You know what I mean? You're like, you're more serious. I wish I could agree with you. What do you <laughs> What do you mean?
1: I just don't, I don't like it. It's just so boring. It's just so, I don't know. Although it is interesting to, to have, to look relatively normal and like notice people. What did they
0: say at work? Anything?
1: They were like, oh, you shaved the mohawk, you know, and and it was weird, complete strangers because you don't realize working in a, in a complex, you know, you don't really realize that people see you every day that you never talk to. So yeah. a bunch of people that I'd never talked to before, but I'd seen on the elevator would suddenly be like, Oh, you shaved the mohawk, looks good. And I was like, Oh What would
0: it take uh what would it take to get the metal off your eyebrows? Uh a roll
1: that required the metal to not be in my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing I did for, you know, it doesn't need to be a big roll, even an extra, as it did on Entourage and uh and uh leverage, you know.
0: Yeah, but you got to be able to try out for it and everything.
1: Yeah, I take them out when I go when I go to auditions.
0: I wonder if Meredith is listening tonight. I hope I've got some time with Meredith because I know tomorrow is the day they induce her in labor. Oh, is that tomorrow? Okay, that's what she told me, April sixth. I kept thinking it was
1: Thursday. I didn't really look at the date, but yeah, you'd be right then. Hmm. Didn't she say April
0: sixth to you too?
1: I'm not good with dates. She may have. Just, I just remember when the last time that we talked, when she mentioned the date, I was looking at a calendar. And in my head, just now, like when you said that tomorrow, I was like thinking,
0: I thought it was a Thursday.
1: That's all, you know. That's how I work. I don't, I'm not very well, good at But she dates. picked
0: up her cousin at the airport yesterday.
1: Yeah, Bridget is there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bridget. <laughs> what was that groan? <laughs> or you're just clearing your throat.
0: Yeah, that's all. Just uh, automatic clearing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I understand. Well, I remember she used to visit us when I was a kid. She was like one of the few of the of the family that would come out and visit and stuff. She's still pretty much the only, well, the only cousin I talked to, actually. So, you know. Well, or, that's good
0: or, to have a cousin to talk to.
1: Or really, uh, out of the extended family, in fact, she's the only one I talked to. You know? You, Meredith, and her are pretty much the only, yeah, the only people in the family I talk to.
0: Well, the same is true of Meredith, then.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Well, you could easily talk to Tommy and Sheila and Kelly and.
1: I'm just. Uh, I, I don't know. I. I don't feel like I'd have anything in common. I don't know what I would talk to him about. Yeah. It's it's certainly nothing personal. I just you know it's. It's kind yeah. of like with it's kind of like when people hit me up on Facebook they went to high school with me and they're like, "Oh, hey, how you been?" and I'm like, "I don't want to get into this." Like I don't have look it up, you know? <laughs> Cuz I'm like, I don't I I know that we're different people now. You know what I mean? Uh, there was a kid, I don't know if you remember him. Um I don't remember anybody. It was, it was a kid cool. I used to I grew up with, like hung out with all the time. John Spaulding was his name. He had a, this is practically albino-looking, very, very, very bright blonde hair, practically white. I used to hang out with him all the time, and then one day he, he moved away, and I totally, you know, forgot about that really. And then he found me on Facebook because he works with Meredith now. He lives out in Colorado and works with Meredith, or I guess he works a part of the same company. I don't think they work together at all.
0: Now, let's go back to this thing about the cousins. Somebody okay. who's my first cousin is your second cousin. Is that the way that works?
1: Um, yeah, I believe that's what we came up with. Yeah.
0: But you have a second cousin that's a DA in Manhattan. Ooh, good to know. You have another one that just spent uh, half a year in France that's a scholarship student at M- University of Mississippi, Ole Miss. Doing what? What's the what's his or her major? Uh, I think she wants to go to law school, so she's probably in some kind of pre-law thing. A lot of lawyers in the family on your side, huh? <laughs> well, not really. Just Sheila. Okay. Well, I mean, a DA is well, it's not really a lawyer. Well, it's, but it's that's more than legal. that, because one of my cousin's children. Mm-hmm. What would that be to me? I don't know.
1: One of your cousin's children? Maybe that is yeah. your second cousin.
0: So that would be my
1: second cousin. Yeah. So maybe this is not your second cousin. So maybe that's my. If it's your cousin, then that's like my. I don't know, great cousin. I don't know how that works. I, I there's no now. such thing
0: as a great cousin. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, one one of my cousins has a son who's an attorney. Okay. Craig, Craig, and the, his son is an attorney. Hmm. Uh, let's see if there's any other attorneys that I can think of. That's all I can think of. We got a school principal okay. up in Little Rock. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to tell you the story about the Marzoni's brick house uh, in Pittsburgh. Mm. No, no, you did not. Okay, don't look this up right away. Okay, because I you were going to look up.
1: Hands off, hands off. I'm just listening.
0: There's a place, I'm on the internet, and I do the Google Marzoni thing. This has been years, a few years back. And uh, the first thing that comes up is Marzoni's Brick House or something like that. It's first thing. Okay. So uh, I fool around, you know, thinking about it. It's it's like in a, a little town. It's like a suburb of Pittsburgh. So I, finally, one day, I decide, okay, I'm going to go on the website, what it is, it's it's like a pizza joint, but they brew their own beer. And there's a picture of the building, and you know, it's a real nice-looking place. Anyway, I call them on the phone. They had two guys that are like the owners. Neither one's name Marzoni. I call them up on the phone, and I said, uh, I, I asked for a guy, you know, from the website. I get his name. He comes on the phone. I said, uh... Hi, my name's Tom Marzoni. Are you related to any Marzoni's? He goes, nope. (laughs) I said, so when you bought that restaurant, was it already named Marzoni? He goes, nope. (laughs) I said, okay, well, you're going to have to explain to me why I'm not related to anybody at that restaurant. (laughs) He goes, we got this name from a movie. Ah, I was feeling like, hold
1: on. There's Godfather. only there's only two movies that it could be, but but.
0: The Godfather in the movie was named Yes. Sony. Bound.
1: Bound. Yes.
0: What's it called?
1: Bound with Jennifer Tilly and Gina Sean, and wow. the guy, yeah, and it looks like your dad. the 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 lead guy, his name is Gino Marzoni. He looks like Dad, like almost identical.
0: Well, I look like that, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he even I'm, had the cane and the hunch and everything, and the, in the kind of, you know, he had that kind of, that hunch. kind of growl in his, you know, like where he goes. Who played the part? Huh?
0: Who played the part?
1: Ooh, I'd have to look that up.
0: If you I'm saying bound? B o to... u n d?
1: B o u n d. Bound. Yeah. It's a very, uh, it's a good movie, but it's, uh, you know, it's kind of dirty, but it's, um, it's a good movie. It's got a good plot. Dirty. Well what was kind of dirty. there's a lesbian um under you know uh subplot. Basically Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly I team, I, hear up. It, I don't
0: want to hear because i 'cause I'm gonna watch
1: it. Okay, alright. Well they're they're lesbians in a movie. Um I like Jennifer Tilly. You said Richard Jennifer. Richard C. Seraphian. And by the no. way, they spell it they spell it not the way that we spell it.
0: Oh, well that doesn't count.
1: Yeah, they spell it really stupid, actually. M A R Z Z O N E, which is just dumb. Yeah, that's a terrible name.
0: What's R in there though?
1: Yeah, M A R Z Z O N E. Yeah. What's the other movie that had a Marzoni in it? Uh, a movie made in Italy called Mafia. It was all about the entire movie, or I guess it was a play as well. And uh, is it and made whole... in
0: Italian only?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's called Mafia with an exclamation point, if I remember correctly. And, you uh, saw it? No, no. I just remember seeing it when I looked up.
0: Does it have a Does it have like subtitles in it or something?
1: Uh, you know, eight
0: subtitles.
1: I don't know, no. and they do spell it the same way we do. By the way,
0: yeah, I don't like it. If They misspell it; it's not the same, in my opinion.
1: Um, but the hmm. next
0: time I take a trip up to New York,
1: yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's called Mafia with an exclamation point. It's on Netflix. Uh, hmm. uh, Jane Austen's Mafia, I believe it's called.
0: Jane Austen?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's American. No, I'm Gemma? sorry. It's, it's an American movie. It had Jay Moore in it and uh, Christina Applegate. Oh, it? Is it in English? Yeah, Lloyd Bridges, Olympia Dukakis. Oh, well, it's in
0: English then.
1: Yeah, I thought it was an Italian. Maybe it was based on something Italian. I swore I...
0: I don't know. Maybe there's two Mafia movies. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. Uh What Mafia that you reading, does it show a character named Marzoni?
1: Uh yeah. Tony LoBianco Le- Lo Bianco plays Caesar ah. Marzoni.
0: Tony Lo Bianco from, from the French Connection.
1: Mm, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, that's what he's from. I, I don't recognize his face. I'm sure I've seen him in stuff.
0: So they have M A R Z O N I on that one?
1: Yep. That is M A R Z O N I. In fact Talk, if you now we're talking If you Google Marzoni Mafia, it's the first thing that comes up. Okay. And, well I uh, think
0: that's all that comes up. And off. then uh
1: no, it's not the all, it's the first thing. There's also. No, a... I
0: mean, Marzoni Mafia, there's no
1: telling what might come up. <laughs> I don't want to know at this point. All right. I was going to say, I don't know who Abbott Marzoni is, but he also I comes up. I don't. Talk and, about all right, this. All right. This
0: not the subject to be I talking will, about.
1: I will go ahead and uh, I will edit that out later then.
0: All right. Well, then take it. Get, get away from the internet. You stop <laughs> investigating. <dude.
1: laughs> anyway, so those are the two movies that I can remember Marzoni being in, but I swore that Mafia, there was like a like a musical like an Italian musical called Mafia as well that also used the Marzoni family and I think that's why there was the American film probably based on that
0: I, I feel like Yeah I would say that's probably sound right okay
1: yeah so
0: yeah. Um, anyway cool.
1: so so he named the pizza after and he spells it the way we spell it though
0: Oh yeah and it's big on the big old thing on the sign you know the sign outside a big neon thing Marzonis in brick Pittsburgh. House in Pittsburgh. Well, it's actually not Pittsburgh. It's some other thing, but it's yeah, you know, it's like a suburb of Pittsburgh.
1: All right. Well, if I ever go to Pittsburgh, I'll I'll stop in and show them my ID. Oh,
0: definitely. I'm I'll be going up there to visit uh, Jenny's family. Lives in uh Western New York State, which is right over the border from Pennsylvania. In fact, when you drive up there, you go right through Pittsburgh. Well, you better get a picture outside of that place? Oh, yeah. I definitely I have one very famous picture of me in Buffalo, New York, besides all the pictures taken at Niagara Falls, of course. But I have a picture outside the Anchor Bar. Now, you probably don't know what the Anchor Bar is. I'm afraid I am woefully ignorant on that one. It's owned by an Italian family, and they are the inventors of wings. Wings.
1: Ah, yes, the famous Buffalo Wings in Buffalo, New York.
0: Buffalo Wings, that's where they originated. And there's no place on earth where it tastes better than in there. I mean, that that Buffalo Wings, it, it's just incredible. We had Todd. We met Todd up there. He came up to uh, – he flew up there, and we met him at uh, Jenny's family's house. And then I took him down – to um, Niagara Falls and on the way back we stopped and ate at the uh, at the uh, Anchor Bar quite a spot I'm one of the few people on earth that likes Buffalo
1: <laughs> I don't know if I don't think I've ever been through there I mean when I was in New uh, York I, it was all New you, York City you know uh,
0: they, they're very you know they, they're very industrial looking people you know they're they they, they they're very they tough you know what I mean right, they, right. They, they, anybody that lives in Buffalo's got to be tough. They, the truth of the weather. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. That's true.
0: Yeah, but uh, and they love their football team, you know.
1: Uh, the the don't tell me the the Bills. There you go, the Buffalo Bills. All right, got it. I'm trying to that's figure true. out how it is that L.A. has. Don't we? We have like two
0: uh, basketball teams, right? Clippers. Yeah. There we go. You probably don't realize why they call the Lakers the Lakers. I do not. Because they originated in Minnesota. Ah. They the were the Minnesota are. Lakers. So why do we need two basketball teams? How does that work so out? Need two basketball teams. It's just that with 20 million people, they decided they could handle two basketball teams. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And the, why, why are the Clippers called the Clippers? Well, I guess it's got to do with the boats out in San Diego Bay or something. I don't know.
1: Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I know for a while we had the Raiders. They were from Oakland, and then now they're
0: what? The California Raiders or something? What are they? Oakland Raiders. They're back they to Oakland back again? Back. Oakland. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was a terrible mistake by them, by the way. To, to leave a market the size of Los Angeles with no NFL team is kind of ridiculous.
1: Don't we have the Rams or something? The... Oh. You know, didn't we, have, didn't we have two football teams? You
0: used to have, you used to have, you had, yeah, it's the St. Louis Rams now. Oh, well then that does
1: seem kind of silly. So now L.A. You, doesn't have a football team. Rams, yeah. Hmm. Okay.
0: You so got the it. San Diego Chargers right down the street.
1: Sure, and then the 49ers up in San Francisco.
0: 49ers in Oakland are both in the San Francisco area. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's ridiculous. It's
1: really, it's it's Really bad. We got the well. We had the number one hockey team for a long time, didn't we? Because of Gretzky. The Kings. Yeah.
0: Well, they
1: weren't that good for that long. I don't know. I never keep up on this stuff. I never kept they got, up on hockey. They
0: got famous because of Gretzky, but they were never anything like the name of the team. Hmm. Gotcha. Kings. I don't know. The Lakers are your historically great team. I mean, Lakers have won so many championships.
1: It's ridiculous.
0: Dodgers never used to be, uh, the Dodgers were great when they were in Brooklyn. Then when they moved out there, it took them a while. And then they went through a period of having some pretty good teams, but they late these last decade or so. They've been kind of floundering around. Yeah. Yeah. You ever been out to Chavez ravine to the baseball stadium? Uh,
1: for the the Dodgers Stadium, yeah. I mean, I've driven past it.
0: Oh, no, good, never,
1: yeah. But no, I've never been inside. No, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, it's out past um, Silver Lake, which is an interesting little town here. Uh, yeah. Love me some Silver Lake, but um, it's, it's like if you go. Long,
0: through, do you remember the long periods of time that I actually lived in Los Angeles? I do not at all. You don't remember coming to Los Angeles to visit me? No, not at all. When did you ever live in Los Angeles? I lived in Los Angeles. I lived in the uh, condos down there by Venice Beach. Really? When was this? This was uh, 1982 to 1985. Not the whole time. I was there for, you know, like periods of time. So... Three months, four months, then I'd come home. Well, yeah, i had been four years old to
1: seven years old, I guess.
0: Yeah. Hey, you I, came over with the youth, your mother one time.
1: I mean, I'm sure we have pictures of that, you know. We have I pictures of us so. on the beach and stuff, but with the big vans. I don't van.
0: any pictures of that period.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I remember we used to take a trip out to California or out to L.A. area, Disneyland, whatever have you, like every summer. Or it seemed like every summer. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Well, you used to come when I was there. You used to come in the winter time, around it's like between Christmas and New Year's, up in that area. How is this an entire block of time that I have no recollection of? I don't know. <laughs> God, that's the weirdest thing. I'm all tripped. Well, I wasn't out now. there for like three years nonstop. I was there for periods of months, and then I would come back home, and then I know, go just, back. Just
1: knowing that you lived in in Venice Beach when I was a kid, and that Mom Can't, and I drove out there to visit you. To, is... where,
0: I, where I lived is hard to call Venice Beach. The condos overlooked Venice Beach. I mean, it's, where I live was corporate housing. It was a very mm-hmm. expensive place, which I didn't have to pay for. Right. But uh, it Either was, way, you know, I
1: don't remember this at all. I, it, this is uh, this is all news to me.
0: Okay, well, That's we strange. don't need
1: to talk about all right. Well, I guess we won't
0: talk about it. That's just I mean, interesting. You, I don't mind talking about it if you think it's interesting. So you yeah. you worked
1: at a company and they they just they were like, look, we need Lehman you out there, Brothers. huh? Lehman Brothers. I remember that. I remember we had the big T-shirts from them. Financial consultants. Shearson and Lehman. Yeah. Yeah. Are they just Lehman Brothers now?
0: Yeah, well, they're the ones that went bankrupt the last couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember hearing the name, and I was like,
1: hey, I recognize that name. It was Shearson and Lehman. They're a
0: very, very old company.
1: And what was the other they
0: one? That- Shearson, uh, when they merged with Shearson, they, that was kind of their downfall, actually. Hmm. They were never the same after that. They, they used to be a very well-respected, high-end type investment banking firm, but merging with Lee, with Shearson was bad news. In fact that was the period where I also spent some time in New York uh, with them as well, not as much as I did in L.A. Though.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can remember you leaving on business trips, but it would have. I was like, you know, seven, I was probably eight or nine by that point. I remember we lived in that house on um, what was it, Sweetwater, the one by the big park, and I remember when Mom got her job or she got her first substitute job i think you were away on business
0: all this this that i did with lehman brothers we were living in the in the the swimming pool house
1: yeah yeah well i remember you working for them back then because uh, i remember the (laughs) t-shirts yeah because i remember they fit you but they were pajamas for me there you go because they were as tall as i was
0: well that was an interesting an interesting time i have a couple letters that your mother wrote, your mom wrote uh, while I was in L.A., and in fact, I even have a letter she wrote to Margie that Margie gave me hmm. years cool. later. Pretty interesting. Interesting. Yeah. She, yeah was about, she was talking about being the wife of a stockbroker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is, is that really what you did? I thought you were
0: more of like yeah. a oh, okay. Yeah. See, well, you're know. licensed as a stockbroker. Oh, I got you. You, you, you. They get you to do all kind of stuff. You know, I was doing the training stuff and all that stuff. Right,
1: right. I was, uh, speaking of jobs, I saw this thing uh, earlier I, I thought was interesting. It's a, a brief list of um, underrated jobs that pay really well. And uh, we kind of talked about this before in, a, in an episode where I was saying that um electricians and plumbers and stuff like that the um what do they call it trade jobs if you will um are paying really well because nobody wants to do them anymore like everybody's you know i guess searching for fame or whatever but if you actually get into it you can make really good money searching for fame (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing i can assume they're all doing what i'm doing i guess but uh you know, like it says electricians make an average of fifty thousand a year. the top ten percent make seventy three thousand a year. A locomotive engineer averages fifty thousand top ten percent make eighty eight thousand. an elevator install and repair person makes almost seventy thousand dollars a year average and goes up to a hundred thousand. things like that It's just kind of fascinating Farm and ranch how much managers.
0: does a, how much does a sales manager make that is not listed on here. I didn't think so.
1: No. The five trades and careers that pay well and don't need a degree are surprising. Dental hygienist. I thought for sure they needed a degree of some kind. And they make $67,000 a year, average up to $100,000.
0: Well, electricians don't need
1: a degree. This is true. This is just, this is a separate kind of Um, a, A funeral director. Another one, these are just surprising that you don't need a degree for these. A funeral director. $55,000 a year, no degree required. This is the one that really shocked me. Detective and criminal investigator does not need a degree.
0: No, he does does need... All of these things that you're talking about all need licenses.
1: Oh, sure, sure, licenses. They don't need
0: degrees, but
1: they're all licensed. I just assumed that a detective or a criminal investigator would need some sort of law degree or not so much, you know, some kind of background in law. They got
0: some people a long way from being... College graduates that are detectives, yeah, particularly private detectives,
1: yeah. It you know says what I mean? That'd be the top ten percent making a hundred thousand plus a year.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's a very big minority of them that make that much. Most of oh, them make I'm sure <laughs> <scrounging around. laughs> at least above the table, anyway.
1: To <laughs> tell you what a book he makes. Now I'm afraid that's not on here either. I, I think they're probably not trying to encourage that, but uh, it could be wrong. And, uh, no, I don't,
0: I wouldn't think they would be encouraging. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, the a telecommunications equipment installation and repair person, which very much surprises me that this is even a job still, is uh, averages fifty three thousand dollars a year. Top ten percent make over seventy thousand dollars a
0: year. Hmm. Well, isn't that what uh, Meredith? Uh, X used to do?
1: No, 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 no. He's an he, installer of something. Yeah, he installed home theater systems for, like, really rich people. Like John does he McCain. he still do that? Yeah. Does he still
0: do that?
1: Yep, still does.
0: Well, that's a job that doesn't require a college degree.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's that's one of those jobs that I think is pretty safe for quite a while, because people are always coming up with new ways. They want their home theater set up, and you know he's the he does the crazy stuff where you you know twist a plant and a and a ceiling you know the ceiling opens up and the thing comes down and things like that he's all crazy about uh, that, you know so I always wonder why he didn't do you know he didn't do anything too crazy at at Meredith's house so I thought you know I feel like if I knew that stuff and I had uh, discounts you see
0: that picture
1: it looks like you or is me yeah it's got to be you that's me. And dad's holding up a small photo of him as a child.
0: That's my grandfather's house that I spent World War II at. No, Three-story house. Three stories. Wow. Yes, tell
1: me what that was like then. What was that like living through World War II?
0: Well, I'm like one year old, so I don't remember oh, too much. Okay. I well. do remember the fact that I was the only child anywhere to be found in the house, and all my aunt's lived there with my mother and my grandfather and, his, and my grandmother and the maid and all my aunts that either were married and husbands were away in war or they were single lived there. And my uncle that was too young, he was a teenager, Frankie, he lived there. And uh, how I can or, remember how old he then? He's probably, I what, can 14? remember being you know, getting a tremendous amount of attention, let's put it that way. You know, being the only little child around—I mean, I was, yeah, parted around—and you know, there's millions of pictures of me. I, if you saw the number <laughs> of pictures that I take of me in my babyhood, it's amazing. It's—it's it's just amazing. I would say from the age of birth through about sixteen. Wow! Wow! <laughs> I, the library of pictures of me are incredible. Well, so I mean, you don't remember the day the war ended or anything. Hmm? No, no, I don't remember it. I don't even remember, you know, that there was a war going on. You know, I, mean, I, I was like, you see, I did You would think, well, your dad was gone, weren't you? Missing your dad, and the answer is no, I wasn't because I didn't. I connected that place to my grandfather. Right. Right. My grandfather was kind of in that position, I guess you'd say. I mean, uh, so he kept it the situation such that I didn't realize. In fact, when my dad came home from the war and and my mother and dad and I were supposed to move to our own house, I went crazy. I mean, I was like, (laughs) you know, it was like taking me away from my family. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, because you didn't really know your dad, because he was away when no, you were. No, Very, I didn't know him Oh,
0: yeah. No, I didn't. didn't you? I have a picture on my wall. It's one of my favorite pictures. If I could... Yeah, I don't know what I did with it. I had it up here. Well, I've been hanging these movie posters. Oh, there it is. Hold on a minute. All right.
1: We'll take a look at the photo on the wall. Although, unfortunately, nobody can see this, but even still, I'll... Maybe I'll put it up on the blog or something.
0: When my dad signed up for the Navy, he was stationed in, of all places, a place not near any water. Ottumwa, Iowa. What? Yeah, that's where he was stationed.
1: That seems a strange place, especially World War II, when it seemed like they needed as many as they could get.
0: Exactly. So, anyway, it was a huge base there. And... What they did was, if you had a wife and child, you could stay there on the base. So between the period that he enlisted and when he was actually assigned to go get on an aircraft carrier in the Pacific, I lived in a tumble with my mother and dad. And this Uh, picture... Wow. Dad, Margie, and me when I'm like a year old or probably six months old. God. That's a classic too. I mean that is the one and only of that. There's no there's no uh negative or anything. Wow. You could get those copies pretty easy. I mean
1: as I Margie looks the same to me, you know, as I remember her, but Dad yeah. doesn't look at all like him.
0: <laughs> well, Dad's quite a bit younger. And there's numerous pictures of that period because it was very cold and snowy. See, this was probably during the summer, obviously. Yeah. It's a very cold place. I've been to Otumwa, Iowa since then as a grown man and was there in the wintertime and it's snowing and I mean, it's like very cold. So I have some pictures of me, uh, you know, in the snow with my snow outfit on and everything when I was like six, seven months old, I guess. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't believe the pictures there are of me. I mean, I just can't tell you. I mean, it's pictures in Laurel, Mississippi, and pictures of Mardi Gras, mm. and Pensacola. I mean, it's just like, oh. So your, a,
1: your recollection basically of World War II is the the is pretty much your dad coming home. That's all you really knew of the war was just when the day yeah, and I
0: remember home. I remember the newsreels, you know, because my mother used to take me to the movies. I, that's the reason oh, I. Oh yeah. Uh, Movies. We used to go to the movies a lot, and sometime I would go with my aunt Ree or or uh, my mother and aunt Ree, and maybe this girl Frances that was a friend of theirs, Anna Lee, I should say. And uh, sometime I'd be like four grown women and me, and we, you know, we'd go to downtown New Orleans to the movies and take the streetcar down there and send it to Sanga or the Low State. And um they'd have newsreels. In those days you had you had a newsreel and a cartoon and then the movie. All right, yeah. And the newsreels were, you know, really exciting. I mean, they would have sports and celebrity things and they were real fast things, you know, yeah, like nothing lasted yeah. very long. So I, I do remember the newsreels of the war, you know, from my, my aunts and my mother are talking about, you know, that's where your daddy is, that's where Uncle Chubb is, mm-hmm. that's where Uncle Dan is, you know, and all that stuff. There also exists letters that my grandfather exchanged back and forth with his sons, his three sons that were in the Pacific in the Navy. And in each of those letters, he mentions me you know, what I've been doing and what he's been doing with me and all that stuff. But, uh, I was very close to him my whole life. I mean, his whole life. He didn't, he died in 1964. But, um, yeah, I was, you know, I mean, he was like my dad, I guess. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I didn't recognize that I had, there was another man. I mean, I, like, there's a picture of me with him holding me. Right. You know, but I don't remember that. I mean, I, I don't have any memory of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got the same thing. I got pictures when, when I could, you know, I was still the chubby kid with the long brown curly hair or whatever. <laughs> when I was, yeah. I don't know, a year old or something, wearing some god-awful striped shirt. And I don't remember. I, I look at it, I'm like, where was this taken? I what, is it? what cabin was this or something, you know? Usually a lot of them with like Tommy and Sheila. Looking like, yeah, you know, well, I got a days. lot of
0: pictures of uh, of uh, times when you know you you had visited and we kind of saw everybody. I like to, I like, in fact, your mother, your mom, and I talked probably a year or so before she passed. She was she was interested. She asked me if I, in some way could figure out how to have some sort of a group get together with you and and uh, Meredith and her kids and Sheila and Tommy and Robin and Kelly and, you know, everybody. Yeah. Maybe in New Orleans or whatever. And, I, you know, I told her that it would be something I'd love to do. It would just be kind of hard to organize it, but, you know, I could give it a try. And then I remember – Discussing it somewhat with Tom and Sheila, and the time just passed, and she got much worse that that you know that last year, yeah, it might be something you and Meredith would want to in fact, I was going to talk to you guys about it when I saw you last, but there was no opportunity to do that yeah it's uh it's very hectic around <laughs>
1: around Meredith's house and stuff or or getting her to yeah.
0: And I, and I, and, I, and I, to tell you the truth, when Tommy was married to Carol, hmm. they used to come over in the summer with the kids, stay at my house, we'd go to baseball games and do stuff. And uh, after he got divorced and was single, he used to come with Robert. Yeah. And now he's married again, and uh, they don't come at all. Of course, Robert is—you know—Robert's going to be twenty years old this year. God, Jesus, I remember when he was born. <laughs> yeah, I got the picture of him the day he came home from the hospital with me holding him. But um, I just don't see them. You know, they—they they just got their lives, or you know, they're just busy with their own lives. That's—that's that's what Jenny always tells me to remember. That. <laughs> lot of the reasons why your kids don't talk to you much or don't call you back or whatever, and I shouldn't say that meaning everybody but just generally, yeah I mean. because you know you got things going on in your own life you know? yeah yeah, so you just have to kind of accept that as a parent that's just the way it is, particularly me, because I've lived distant from my kids a lot,
1: yeah
0: and uh so that's my fault, but uh. You know, you miss you miss that. that. That's why I enjoy this we do in here so much. I mean, it's just a way for you and I to be closer. Yeah. And I wish there was a way for me to be closer to Meredith as well. But uh,
1: well, I mean, like you know, I said, it's like every
0: time I talk to Meredith, she's in you know she's in a hurry, she's working, mm-hmm. she's got the kids, she's got the yeah. Sam. You know, something's going on in her life. Yeah. Yeah which you know i'm fine with that that's good i'm glad she's enjoying herself
1: i you know she she inherited mom's always busy gene very much yeah she did <laughs> it's like when i every time i've ever gone to visit her and and i've got to go pretty soon here you know um but every time i've gone to visit her it's it's there's not a lot of like downtime and sitting and having a conversation there's a lot of no. there's a lot of talking to her while she's doing something cleaning well I, I can tell you that
0: uh <laughs> i can tell you that um i actually can't i think i told you this before i actually cannot recall watching tv with your mom mm. i'm sure we watched tv together at some point yeah i
1: mean I, but, I remember it happening a little bit when i was a kid and we'd, we'd have little family movie and nights,
0: but, it, it, we just she was not a person that would sit around like that yeah she just she she was either quilting or making something, or fooling around with something. Yeah.
1: She was. Yeah, you should have seen the office. I, I probably have pictures somewhere. You should have seen the office they built in that house for her. Oh boy, it was her dream.
0: Remember when she fell through the, <clears throat> the through the ceiling.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Broke her back,
0: her uh, tailbone. Yeah,
1: she fell onto the car, right? Something like that.
0: Yeah, she fell yeah, through the garage. Through the attic, ceiling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been scared of attics ever since.
0: <laughs> they call that the fatal step. Yeah. You know, when you're in an attic, you don't want to take the fatal step onto the sheetrock because you're done once you take that one step. Yeah, yeah. She could have been very badly hurt. She actually hit a car going down. Yeah. Barked, and then she bounced off the concrete, so it could have been actually worse than it was. Yeah, very surprising. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Yeah,
1: but I said, the, the office thing that she had at that house was as big, in, that room was as, as big as my apartment, easily. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know...
0: Yeah. Was this like an arts and crafts thing or something? Yeah,
1: on one end of it she had, you know, her computer set up, which, which was very impressive. Um, and then in the middle of the room she had this giant table that was... I feel like it was like you know, the, the ten feet long and four feet, five feet wide. It was huge. This huge table, and just all kind of stuff all over it. In middle of projects and you know blueprints or whatever. She had about six or seven cabinets, you know, standing cabinets. Yeah. All of them filled to capacity, and then you know, different drawers and little little stands for things. And I mean. It was a madhouse in there, and she just was like, you know, she'd go in there and quilt, or she'd sew, or she'd make dolls, or she'd sit on the computer, and she'd make movies because she got a video camera, and she's editing photos, and she's putting together yearbooks and stuff and scrapbooks, and just, it <laughs> was just insane in there. And, and, you know, this was like after she retired, you could tell she just lived in that room. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like I have a picture or two. I know Meredith has a bunch of pictures. We might, I might even have video. I, I did a I told you I did an interview with her uh, yeah. a year before uh the interview we did was in that room uh in front of her computer yeah. actually so but it was yeah it was an enormous room big tall ceilings it was because it was basically the the last half of the house that they had built onto like they built this extra room and so was, yeah, you could imagine you know in a big house like that you know it was uh it's quite sizable, so, you know, uh,
0: yeah. Just All right, so what else you got on the agenda? Let's see here. Uh... I got Captain Ahab whenever you want to hear oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: go ahead with that.
0: Want to go ahead with the Captain Ahab? Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's, I don't know what, what that's all about, but...
0: This Moby is Dick. Right. Moby Dick. Uh, pretty tattered because I've read it about a dozen times. Um, I'm always looking when I'm reading and watching things. I'm always looking for quotes, you know. hmm And uh, of course, the the first line of Moby Dick, as you know, was very famous, but it's not really a a, a quote that has any meaning to it. Yeah. <clears throat> My favorite quote comes at the very near end of the book and this is Ahab on the deck with Starbucks which is obviously where the coffee company got their logo and uh there's a there's been a problem because they ran across another ship they came across another ship and the guy had lost his son and he was actually looking for his son in the open ocean. And he asks Ahab from the ship, using a cone speaker type thing, mm-hmm. if he would help him look for his son. And Ahab says, no, I seek the white whale. And Starbuck went crazy. You know, it's like, we're going to be, you know, when we get back to the back to our home base, we're going to be, like the dregs of society because we didn't help him look for his son and all of this so Ahab goes on this rather long speech which I'm not going to read the whole speech that's for sure but in there he's kind of talking to himself with Starbuck present and he makes the statement is Ahab Ahab now you can give a 2-hour presentation on that statement, okay? Cuz I've done it. <laughs> and he he does go on to explain very quickly. I'll just read his couple of sentences so you can tell. He says, "Is Ahab Ahab? Is it I, God, or who that lifts this arm?" So basically, what he gets into in this Section. It's actually the last paragraph of chapter. Who? What is that? Sixty something. That was a- <laughs> what he's getting at is what he's saying is, and he says it. He is not just implying it. Is that everything is predetermined? Mm. He explains, he talks about the albacore that likes to eat the flying fish. And he talks about how did he learn that? He was given that knowledge by God. So he's kind of saying my chasing Moby Dick is predetermined. Mm. It's actually been predetermined millions of years ago. And I'm here Nothing must get in my way to doing this destiny of mine, and that's not the words that he uses in that's the word Melville uses in the book. Because I don't want to read the words because it's very boring list to somebody read, but uh, at least it is to me. But is Ahab Ahab? If you let your brain sort of wander a little bit, you can see how deep that subject could get the subject of, are my actions determined by God or are they determined by my brain because God put my brain in there? Sure. So it it is a very deep statement. And anybody that writes a book (laughs) or a play, that's able to get into that in the midst of the story, you know, I mean, that's genius is what that is. Yeah, yeah. But that, it's the reason why this is probably the greatest American authored book ever written. Because it's filled with these kinds of little thoughts that he's putting in Ahab's mind or in in uh, Ishmael's mind, who's, who's uh, actually telling the story. And... Uh, I just love that kind of stuff. I mean, I just really do. And of course, with my present religious status, came mm-hmm. reading it again recently. I, I it became even more uh, interesting to me that this was probably Melville's philosophy of life. If you you know, because a lot of people would say that about the author that writes, you know, somebody's words that that's that that's what he's doing but anyway is ahab ahab you can you can use that in a lot of different ways yeah but that yeah. is the most famous quote in the book and this is a very long book
1: yeah well i mean i i it that's one of those those books you can reference in one of those plots you can reference so often in your life and i've heard a number of people do so comedians and stuff as well you know
0: Oh, captain, my captain is also. Yeah, oh, captain, my captain, yeah. In fact, I'm looking at a flag hanging on my wall. It says Tierra Verde Golf Club, and it's a commemorative flag given to me by the golf team. We won a championship last year, and the golf team wrote little notes to me on the flag, and one of the guys just wrote, oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> is...
1: You must have loved that.
0: Oh, yeah, I love this flag. You know, these guys probably don't even realize, you know, that they have other things going on in their life. They don't realize how much it means to me to have this flag. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway. You know, he could very
1: well just be referencing the Dead Poet Society movie, you know, (laughs) as far as
0: the Dead Poet Society movie. You remember that with uh, Robin Williams? I, I remember the movie being out. I remember seeing it, but I can't remember the... That was one of the, Mom's favorite movies. She used to watch that all the time. The, uh, message or anything. Well, that was the...
1: Because uh, Robin Williams was trying to inspire them to write and read poetry and books and fiction and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't remember the plot too well, but I remember that part of it. And at some point, he had them rip up their textbooks. They'd like stand on their desk and say, Oh, Captain, my captain, and rip up some kind of book. I think it was a textbook of some kind or something like that. Okay. So I mean, I, I'm, oh, I'm, uh, sure, okay. I'm 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 sure it's probably Moby Dick, but a part of me kind of goes, well, if he's younger, it might be that you know he's remembering yeah. Dead Poet Society as well, you know. But that was like one of my I, Mom's favorites. You
0: know, so. I, I think that's the first movie I can remember him being in, because he was pretty much a comedian before that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that he made any movie before that movie. <laughs> He made the one where he was the Vietnam. Was called Hello Vietnam or something. Or good morning good, morning, good
1: morning, Vietnam. Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. yeah, That was a pretty good yeah, movie. he did too. a lot of those like a silly guy in a serious role where he would be serious, but yeah. then he'd throw a couple of jokes in there. He did a lot of that.
0: Actually, he made a quirky little movie just in the last couple of years. It's been on cable like every night for the last year. And it's about... He works in a uh, photo. Yeah, one-hour photo. Yeah, that was a that's an yeah. interesting little movie. I've seen it twice now, and I'm thinking, you oh, know, that's just a little movie, but it's so interesting. It's got a you know, it's got a different uh, little twist to it.
1: There were about Speaking there were about five sh- movies
0: around that sh- time. Go ahead. Shows and movies. Okay. Every now and then, you know, so many of the uh, cable channels. Have these series they do now, you know, just like The Sopranos was so successful. They all have a. Sure, sure. Now, you know, just about every one of the channels, even FX.
1: Yeah.
0: FX is running one right now. It's to beyond tonight, which I will look at at 9 o'clock, called Lights Out, which is about a box. It's pretty good. But AMC Cable has just started a new series. And it's called The Killing. Hmm. And uh they've just showed the first two episodes Sunday. And it is really good. Now you gotta record it and watch it so you can flip through the commercials because yeah. AMC has But But yeah. they had to you know two hours of it on Sunday night, That it's gonna be on every Sunday. And it's really, I mean, it is top-notch television, I want to tell you that. Mm. It's better really. than Mad Men? I wouldn't call it better than Mad Men. It's so different. I mean, Mad Men is certainly not about murder and detectives and stuff like that. That's fair. yeah. It's got a different flavor to it. But it would have to go some. I mean, we have to see what happens. But, I mean, it would have to go some to be better than Mad Men. Mad Men stands alone along with The Sopranos, in my mind. Mm. Can give me an update on the latest Soprano episode if you want to hear that. Yeah, yeah,
1: I guess we could do that. I was I was going to say uh, yeah. what was interesting about One Hour Photo is that it came out around a time when I was living in Seattle. It came out, and there was like five movies or something that all, I call them the nothing happens, but it sort of implied movies. Yeah. And they were all the same. <laughs> it was the talented Mr. Ripley, the
0: minus man. Yeah. That was good, the Talented Mr. That Ripley. That was pretty
1: good. It was good. That was probably the best of the crop. There was Talented Mr. Ripley, minus man, which I I, I had to see because the tagline was so terrible, and it was, uh, when he's around, things just don't add up. Yeah. It was uh, Owen Wilson's foray into pseudo-horror, or psychological horror. Then, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's in English. He's a fat English actor, and he's been in some of my favorite movies, but he's always he's a character actor. But it was called Felicia's Journey which was I didn't see- that was super creepy. And I, I think, but I don't know, because it was one of those nothing actually happened, but you sort of think that maybe something did. But you kind of get the impression. It's something his mom was a famous chef on TV, like a Martha Stewart, basically. So he watched uh, his mom growing up. He grew up to the TV image of his mom, because she was always recording uh, you know. So he just watched TV, uh, and that was his connection to his mother. And then it's something where he's trying to help this girl, Felicia, and, like, anytime what he's secretly doing is not helping her. But then he's like, oh, what happened, Felicia? You know, and I think, oh, I, I feel like you get the impression <laughs> at some point that he, like, cooks her. But I don't know. Because nothing happens. And then there was one hour photo, which was very, you know, kind of, all these various things where nothing really happened. But it was all about some creepy dude who had an obsession with some chick or, you know, something like that.
0: I wish I could name this movie that I watched over the weekend on cable. It's a fairly new movie, and it's very popular. You would know it right off the bat if I said the name. It's it's three guys that lose all memory of the night before. They're going to a wedding. Dude, where's my car? Oh, The Hangover. The Hangover. Yeah. Well, normally, let me just tell you that normally because I read the review in the Wall Street Journal when it first came out right. earlier last year, I mean, late last year. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I remember thinking to myself, you know, now, this is a good premise for a movie, but I just can't stand the foolishness. Mm-hmm. So here I was, it was raining, it was windy, I couldn't play golf, <laughs> and the movie was on, so I said, like, okay, I'm going to watch this. Right. Well, I got to tell you, I actually enjoyed the movie. I mean, it, it was a little bit gross, but sure. it, it was well done. It, you know, it, it had, to, it was, it was good. It was unpredictable. Yeah. Oh, it did. Did you say it? That was, that's the consensus
1: from everybody I've ever talked to about it is
0: Well, that's good. Like I'm glad. I, you
1: that. know, all of them <laughs> and myself included were like, it's just another couple of dudes party in Vegas and get blackout drunk movie. And I thought, oh, I'll go see it. Cause I know some people in the film and, and I like a lot of those characters and let's see what happens. And, yeah, surprisingly really good. I mean, I know a number of people who, who haven't seen it that still go like, oh, it's a frat boy movie and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm telling you, everybody thinks that. And then everybody I know that it's watches Asian. it goes, it's actually really good.
0: At the end of the movie, they had the gay Asian guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, uh, Interesting story that about that guy.
0: guy. That guy was good in that movie. I don't know where they found him. He was really good.
1: He's he's a fascinating guy. That's Ken Ken Young, I think his name is pronounced. And he's actually really? yeah. He and his wife are uh, are are surgeons. He's a really yeah. a physician. Yeah, here in California, no less, in Sherman Oaks, I believe. Oh. Uh, or they they, they were, huh?
0: Are they practicing surgeons? I mean, Not
1: anymore. Uh, after that, you know, but he.
0: You know, he wanted to break into
1: acting so what he had to do is get up super early do his rounds you know at the at the hospital and then he'd have to go to auditions and he'd get calls while you know I was doing auditions and stuff he
0: was very good in that movie he really was yeah he was very, you know there's a little bit of every possibility of human nature in california yep i mean every possibility is covered yeah yeah <laughs> really it really is a, a. In fact, it's really what made California grow and prosper for so long was this nature of anything is possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fear you had, you a know. The California okay, dream. Okay, so, that was real quick. All right. This episode. Oh, is- I was going
1: to say they're making Hangover 2. I just saw the trailer for it yesterday.
0: Oh, so. They'll probably mess it up. Eh, I'm uh, curious
1: myself. It looks a little silly, but.
0: The episode where. Where uh, Uncle Junior gets his hand stuck in the garbage disposal. I don't know if you ever saw that one. I I probably did. Uh, it's it's also the episode where Tony's... Is that
1: where they're calling him? He can't get to the phone, though?
0: Yeah, right. He can't get to the phone. No, okay. He can't move in the sink. He's got his hand down in the sink, and he's there for like six hours before they can, finally somebody comes over to see him and they get him out. But there's a bunch of interesting things that happen in the episode. One, it starts off with a giant garbage truck backing up into the front of this restaurant, deli, and emptying the garbage in the guy's front of his restaurant, outside the front door.
1: Hmm.
0: And what it is, is he complained, <laughs> you know, because they run all the waste management right, companies. Right. Oh, I think I remember this. Yeah. And he he called and complained about his garbage, and he, and, he, and he didn't like the way they picked it up. I'm totally dissatisfied with the service. So they said, okay, well, if you don't like our service, we'll give you your garbage back.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, that was that. Then, then Tony is going through, you know, he started the anxiety attacks like three episodes ago, but now they've progressed to the point where he's having them in public. You know like they're at this uh convention this uh waste management convention <laughs> it's actually a golf tournament and he, he passes out you know with all of his wife and everybody there he's having you know you know about the anxiety-, anxiety attacks yeah so yeah. upset with the with the uh, dr Malphy because she can't seem to take care of these exam these uh anxiety attacks and and, and dr Murphye's having problems because she knows she should stop treating him, but she feels a professional uh, obligation to try to help him, so she's beginning to drink between appointments. She's starting to become an alky. And uh, (laughs) Tony has (laughs) effects on many people. (laughs) Then there's a guy that's selling drugs on his garbage collection route, so Tony has cut off that source of funding, which is allowing one of the captains to go to Junior and another complaint about Tony and whether they should do something about it and all that stuff. And uh, as usual, there's about 12 things on the plate Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's going at the same time. But nobody gets killed or uh, he does have the one little sex scene with the secretary from the Waste Management Company in the office. Uh, which was you know, pretty It's like somebody's daughter or something, right? No, no, no. It's just a secretary that supposedly he was told when he met her that she was a born again Christian. Of course I don't know why they would have to do that to to the character, but anyway, that's the one he ends up doing it with. And uh it's pretty it's pretty uh graphic, I guess you'd say. Mm. <laughs> That scene, but um, you can see that I, I always forget the guy's name, but he's about to marry Tony's sister. Uh, man, he's a very unlikable guy. He's he's the guy that ran over the the guy and put him in the hospital for life. I mean, oh paralyzed. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There was there was two different Richie, ones.
0: Rich Richie Richie's his uh Panteano, right?
1: Or no, no, Richie was the, the kind of...
0: He hasn't come on the picture yet. The, he's this is the
1: huskier Italian guy.
0: He's not really husky. He's, he's actually kind of short. He's real ugly. Yeah. He's got a shape to him. He's kind of wide in the middle, but he's not really fat. It's just a big waistline. He's a little small at the top, so he's a real funny-looking guy. Yeah, I feel guy. like he
1: was in Four Rooms once, and I feel like he was in the third room as well in that movie, Four Rooms. But, yeah, yeah, I think I, yeah.
0: But he he's he's getting ready to marry the the, the the daughter, I mean, the sister, the big fat sister.
1: And uh, Who you just, the whole time, you're like, when is she going to get out of the picture?
0: Oh, man. She drove me crazy. Oh, yeah. It's the only part of the Sopranos that I usually fast forward is when she's doing <laughs> something that is just, I mean,
1: she drives you crazy. She's one of those people, you know, it's like that kind of thing where, yeah. where you know their life is a wreck. And they'll always you whine about that the, is? Wreck of the wreck.
0: That's Tuturo's sister. What's that? John Tutturo,
1: whatever his name oh, is. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's his sister. She hasn't done anything since then, really. But it might be because everybody's She's... like, I can't stand that one.
0: So, in an episode of Nurse Jackie. Oh, okay. He was in a Nurse Jackie. I'm gonna be watching the. Uh, I'm gonna be watching that late tonight. The rerun of that. It played Sunday too, but I, I missed it. But uh, the other thing I'm recording this evening is a network show called The Good Wife, which I would bet Sheila watches because it's about a law firm and it's really good. Hmm. But uh, Jenny likes it too, so I I record it, and that way she can watch it when she gets a chance.
1: You know what? I there was one thing in The Sopranos that was that was clearly an important thing that I never understood. Um what was that? Because they made I feel like it stretched out across like two or three episodes. But here that what was it he wanted was that it? painting done of him. And, he, yeah. and then he didn't like it because of the horse or something because he had to kill the horse or something, I think. And then yeah. and then Pauli took it. And had So no, he
0: didn't kill the horse. The horse burned oh, in a fire. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well I just remember the horse died at some so he didn't want so then Paulie got the painting and then repainted him as Napoleon. Yeah. And Tony seemed duly pissed, both that he looked like Napoleon and that Polly wanted the painting up in his house.
0: I I would say number one was he was told they were told to get rid of the painting. He didn't want the painting anywhere around. He never wanted to see it again. Okay. So the fact that Pauly took it out of the garbage can and hung it up in his house, that by itself, ticked him off the fact that he was posing as napoleon next to his horse uh didn't add any promise to it at all but uh, hmm. it was a uh, you know it was just one of those things where something that he didn't want to be reminded of that horse hmm. okay that makes sense yeah yeah and uh he didn't think that the, the 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 portrait of him looked like him that was the other thing he didn't like the way he looked in the in the picture. Yeah,
1: I felt like he was Act- kind of just saying that instead of admitting, you know, that he had feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, oh, that's- yeah.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely that's part of the whole thing. I mean, he's always having to be this other person, you know. In fact, the more you watch it, and now I've watched it enough that I can talk about that part, the more you watch it, you understand... Where Chase is coming from that wrote it and created it. It's that he's actually the reluctant Don, is what he is.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Because everything is an aggravation to him. Everything.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, he's aggravated by everything. <laughs> and in fact, this episode, he complains. See, he made a deal with his wife about fooling around anymore of course he does that about four times over the course of the 87 episodes (laughs) but he tells the uh, Dr. Malfi that one of the reasons he's bored with life right now is he promised his wife no more fooling around well of course in this episode right after that he bangs away on the secretary so he was in a real good mood after that (laughs) that's kind of what you see in his character, he's in his best mood when he's having sex Mm -hmm. after he has, you know, after he gets a girl and goes with it. I mean, that usually makes him happiest. However, he ends up, as you remember later on, uh, where the girl actually calls his wife, the Russian girl.
1: Yeah. I remember that.
0: Yeah. Skinny, sexy one.
1: And then he ends up with the girl who's missing a leg.
0: Oh, geez. Well that's the that to me was the most shocking episode of all of them was the one where he and Carmela have a fight. And I mean a fight.
1: Right, right. right. Yeah,
0: cuz she was so good in that scene. That there's probably no one else could have done that scene, but she was just awesome in that scene. Really? Yeah. Well, she's awesome anyway. I mean, she's just the best there is as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, he had a weird thing with that Russian girl because I remember he also got upset with – probably after that episode, after the Russian went to the wife or something. But I remember he got really upset with her. Maybe that's why she went to uh, the uh, wife. Uh, he, Russian with the wife
0: happened after that. I know what you mean. He, he started. She she started going out with the uh, – with the, yeah, with the, the
1: investigator with, or the DA or something. Huh?
0: The congressman guy. Yeah, and
1: then he goes in and beats him with a belt.
0: <laughs> yeah, he beats him up like a little boy. Yeah, whips him. Yeah,
1: that was a very weird yeah, thing.
0: Very symbolic the way that he beat him up.
1: And then because of that, she went to the wife. I feel like because she was like, "This was the one thing I had now, like, to make me happy, and you took it away, so I'm going to go after you."
0: Well, I feel like there was a was couple of like that. things that happened in between those two, those two things.
1: Because she had said she can't sleep with the guy anymore now that she saw him getting hit like a little boy. She said he's not yeah. a man anymore. So then she tries to get Tony again, and he was like, stay the hell away, and she didn't understand. And that's, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, then what's coming up next in the way of a series of episodes is the Pantolino guy shows up with the horse thing. Right. And then he shows up with the girl. He ends up with this... Foxy-looking girlfriend, and Tony wants the girlfriend. That was the one that like hung herself, right? <laughs> huh? I feel like that was the one. That... No, the one that hung herself was the car sales. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The girl that had the Mercedes selling Mercedes car. She was sexy. Yeah, she was all right. That girl. Yeah, she was definitely in there. She was good. Yeah. Don't see a lot of her but, either. I had a bunch of Sopranos, but anyway, I thought I'd. I thought I'd give you my two pieces, which would be "Is Ahab Ahab" <laughs> and uh, the "Sopranos." That—that was—that—that was—that's about that's it. That's the highlight.
1: That works for me. Yeah.
0: And then I wanted to tell you about the killing. You need to check that out. Yeah. I'm just telling.
1: I'll—I'll I'll take a look. I'll take a look. I'm—I'm I'm really bad about <laughs> catching shows, so I have to. I mean, everything's.
0: Well, you got to record. You know, you got to DVD it or whatever you got. Yeah, uh, DVR, Yeah, yeah. Or thing and then watch it, because you don't want to watch the commercial. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing is, that's the only
1: way I watch TV anymore, is on DVR, and so there's almost nothing I, I actually ever catch. I have to I have to catch a few minutes of something and they go, you know, I could stand to watch this again sometime, and then it's in my yeah. list, and it's like, I don't have many, there's five, six shows maybe, you know, <laughs> they're all like, and it's silly, because they're all on demand, like Showtime HBO stuff is all on demand anyway, so it's almost, yeah, the only other thing I take well, uh, I mean,
0: I basically record just stuff that has commercials that's what I that's what I record and I record golf and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it makes
1: sense anything with like commercials or or where you you just you know yeah you can fast forward that would be the ones to record I just
0: yeah, definitely
1: you know I like being able to you know pause rewind you know oh I missed something I should go back to that and it's like the on demand the rewinding is real terrible so I you know end up Works better on the DVR. The the only one I can really watch with any regularity that I DVR is that uh, Pawn Stars. Really like that show.
0: Pawn Stars. Yeah, it's
1: about a guy's in a pawn shop in Vegas.
0: Oh, it's a reality thing. Yeah,
1: but it's I mean the way the History Channel does reality shows is how I like reality shows done. It's just it's just it's a snapshot of their lives and there's not a whole lot of drama and stuff but in recent episodes they've really been trying to like make characters out of everyone and like set up what are clearly not real scenarios or like the situation is real but the reactions and the lines are clearly written uh, and it's just it's getting a little weird where i'm like just go back to the classic cuz the whole thing about it is watching these people bring in weird items that you kind of didn't know existed and and then I play a little sort of game just by myself because I don't really sit around and watch TV when people are over. But I play a game where they'll come in and they'll they they do a pre-interview and they'll say, uh, "Today I'm coming in to sell my you know bike from the 1930s. It's an older bike. I got it from my grandfather. I'm thinking yeah. you know I looked around on eBay and it, it'll go for about 500 bucks. So I'm hoping to get around you know 400 or so." And then they go in there, and they'll look at it, and whatever, and based on their reaction, he'll go, "Well, what do you want to do? I want to sell it. How much are you looking for?" Well, I was thinking, I've seen him for five hundred, and he always, "No, that's way out of line." And I'm like, "Okay," and I have to, and I, and I guess, and I'm pretty good. I'm getting it. I'm getting a lot better at it. <laughs> Where I can go, like he'll give that guy, he'll say, "No, no way." He'll say, "Brand new." You could get this bike for five fifty if you had if it was completely restored. It'll take me a lot of money to restore this. Some people might want it. I could give you maybe one fifty. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And the guy's like, "Ooh, I was really hoping for five." And he goes, "Yeah, look on eBay. You're looking at the list price, not the sale price." You know this kind of thing. So I'm getting good at that. I, it's, it's sort of a game for me, is like figuring out I how they're in- going to react.
0: I have information about pawn pawn business. Ooh, this should be good. I have a very close associate whose family, himself being the king of the family, owns two pawn shops. Okay. And he tells me these stories. He even talks about this TV show because he doesn't think it's, you know, anywhere close to reality. He says reality would be so much better. I mean, the stuff he tells me about is unbelievable. I mean, it's just, you just wouldn't believe the stuff. I think they probably you know, have they, to leave out some of the There's CD people stuff. that need like the drug fix. What's that? There's people that need like 20 bucks to buy some drugs or something. Oh, right, right. They go and they steal something. Mm. You know, at the store somewhere. And then they go to him to get the 20 bucks. Right. I mean, that's the kind of stuff they do on a very regular basis. Yeah, yeah. People coming in there with <clears> stuff <throat> you know is not theirs. You have no way of doing anything about it, you know. I mean, I'm not going to mention a guy's name or anything.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying is I I think they have to leave out a lot of that kind of stuff on the,
0: you know. The other thing is there's a lot of people with jewelry that thinks that they think the jewelry is worth anything close to what they paid for. Diamond necklace Uh, or a watch or something. Yeah. Well, I paid $200 for this watch. I'll take $240, so I'll give you $20 for it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: diamonds are a
0: big... uh, Oh, I've never seen this show, so I don't know what the main guy is like. But this guy, I've been in the in the pawn shop many times, and he's so typical. You know, it's like exactly the way you would think he is. That's the way he is. Right, it's like right. it's not he doesn't care about anybody's feelings. or He's not like a nice guy. You right, know, he's right. just kind of. He's so sick of people, you know, because it's, you see, he deals with people that are not, you know, high-end people. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a lot of empathy, I guess you'd say.
1: You get that but, from some of the people on this, on the Pawn Star Show. There's what they call the old man. He's like the, the father. He's really older. And he, he just never cracks a smile or has any emotion. And he's very well, cold. Just, and, but, like, you know, he's, I'm sorry, son. We're not, we can't, that can't help you there. You know, and he just kind of. And they're like, really? You can't fifty bucks? Uh, I'm way out. No, that's way out of line. I wouldn't do it. But yeah, thank for bringing it in. And he just cuts it off at the pass. And he's, you know, and then Rick is Rick is the main guy that they show all the time. He's the he's got his own son, and he's the son of the older man. So he's probably in his late forties, early fifties. And uh, but he's more friendly with people, but he still is sort of like no BS and then his son is more like his son just doesn't mess around his son's like never nice to anybody he's always like man this thing's no you know he's just (laughs) never like woo wee you know and then there's this other guy Chum Lee they call him who's like the friend or something of of that
0: what channel is this on history channel history channel Channel. okay
1: It's, it's good the Chum Lee character they're trying to make into this cartoonish like person And he's just always goofy and makes really stupid remarks. And it's like, he's the, clearly he's supposed to be the comic relief, but he's such a terrible actor that he gets this look on his face when he delivers a line that he knows is supposed to be funny, where he delivers it deadpan, like, as if he's stupid. You know what I mean? Because that's the whole idea, he's dumb, so he'll be like, hey, what's that? And then he'll go. And he does this stupid smile where you're like, I see. You, you, somebody wrote you a little joke for that. All right. I see what's, you know, it's just, I don't really like (laughs) it. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have
0: to take a quick, I I got about six, seven minutes I can still do, but I got to take about a minute off here because I got stuff I got to answer.
1: Yeah, well, I, I gotta. Yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. And oh, start. you want to just end it? Yeah, yeah. I think we're good. We've covered a lot. It's an hour and a half. We've it's a longer. Yeah. Episode. Okay.
0: I, I whatever you episode. say. I got. I could. I could go to about eight fifteen if you wanted to wait a couple of minutes. But I mean, there's no use in you know five minutes. I don't know whether that makes any difference to anybody. Yeah, I just uh, you know. Uh, I gotta. I gotta take care of a couple of things here real quick.
1: Okay. No worries. Well, we'll talk again next week, and
0: uh, okay. By
1: then, we'll have a new member of our family.
0: We will. We will. Yeah. And, uh, My first full-blooded nephew. Bracing with an e. Ah, is
1: that how they're spelling
0: it? Good. I think I like so. I, I hope like that's it. the way they're spelling it. That's the way I'm writing it.
1: <laughs> you don't want the balloons to say the wrong name. I get you. I got you. <laughs>
0: yeah. All, right. All, right. All right. All right. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That went by fast, too. Yeah. Yeah. I felt good. I, I just remember. Just remember when you go to sleep tonight is Ahab? have just remember
1: that's a lesson everybody can take home with them is Ahab? have
0: all right dad that's
1: it
0: <laughs> okay I love you I've enjoyed talking to you again we'll see you next week and we'll probably be talking before then
1: yeah yeah probably so
0: going on you know
1: yeah yeah definitely all right well have a good one and take care of your business and I'll talk to you soon love you